Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded, a CAM4 podcast. I'm Laura Desiree. And if you've been listening to this show, you know that I love to find new answers to the question, in what ways is camming or, or the experience of webcamming, is it anything different than just an individual's pursuit of sexual gratification, whether you're the broadcaster or you are the consumer, the viewer? So today I get to ask that question and so many more to someone who's been in this business, active in this industry for such an incredible amount of time. I mean, he's really seen the business evolve, the technology evolve, the interactions evolve. And we're going to get into some really unique aspects of his experience in webcamming. Most specifically, what are some of these challenges? that exist solely for male broadcasters. Joining me today with his words of wisdom is the incredible Busy Man. excited to have this opportunity. Welcome to Licked and Loaded, Busy Man. What a thrill. Thrill for me too. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you and I, everyone's going to get the story today about uh, you and your legacy in this industry, but you and I work together on the Cam4 Happy Hour game show, which is this crazy multi-cam experience that brings in new and and longtime performers to come in and play wild games with us on Camp 4. But you and I never really had an introduction. I feel like we became business associates immediately and have flowed together very well. But I want to know who you are, because I know you've got many years in this business. So uh, give me the formal introduction, if you'd be so kind. Oof. Um, well, nice to meet you, Laura. Uh, so, uh, my first name is Greg. I, you know, I always go by busy man and it was, uh, uh, it's the first rule of when you're becoming a, a cam performer or model is picking a decent username or whatever brand name. And I always say, don't do what I did, <laughs> which is just be goofy and put a TM on the end. And uh -huh. now I have to spell it every damn time uh so you know word to the wise yeah. pick something that's you don't have to spell uh but no i so i've been uh, a cam performer uh on camp four and a bunch of other uh places uh for what is that i didn't even do the math since wow. 2014 uh and uh wow. i've learned a ton um i happen to have a tech background so i've done a bunch of other things and I do a lot of green screen and other technology fun things uh, that uh, others that don't have the background can't do but uh, and I've also really enjoyed coaching and helping other performers I got helped a lot when I started out and it made a huge difference. Uh, so I love just passing that on uh, for what I've learned and, you know, helping others that are just starting out. So tell us the story then of when you first we're getting started out. How did you get into this? Why did you get into this? And what were some of those first challenges? 
I'm, I'm tempted to tell tell the story of my very first private uh, <laughs> Please. cam. Please. <laughs> well, I've been holding off because she's she's still with us. Um, so I can't name names. But uh, back in the early days, before it was the internet, it was called the ARPANET. It was managed by the military. And uh, we were developing a video-to-video over the network, and this is back in 91, 1991. Uh, and I was working with, I was just a lowly technician, but I was working with a uh, uh, gorgeous woman. Uh, I thought she had a PhD. Um, I don't want to say too much about her, but she was on the other side of the country. And we're testing this video link. And of course, as it sounds like one of those Playboy forum things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Friday night, at least for me, it wasn't for her. Uh, we're testing the link and there's nobody else around. And, you know, we got pretty chummy at that point. One thing led to another and we're naked and getting off. And this kind of thing just didn't happen because there was no video over the net. There was nothing. And most people weren't even on the net. They didn't even know what it was. Oh and we're, we're stripped naked, getting off with each other. And... And it was just such a crazy thing. And then afterwards, we're like, oh, my God, what did we just do? And, and then forever, whenever there'd be meetings and I'd see her then or at a conference, we'd like both turn red. Oh, my gosh. I'm obsessed <laughs> was, with this. And I wish, you know, I part of me wants to reach out. I'm sure she's a grandmother and, and I don't want to embarrass her in front of family or anything. So I'm, I don't want to go too far with it. But it was, it was, it was like, it really shook both of us. We had a couple of chats after about what the hell was that? What like, it was like walking into this whole world that we didn't ever yeah. think existed because, you know, certainly there's, you know, there's porn, there's VHS type of stuff. And, and I think CDs or DVDs were around maybe. But interactive across the network was just just didn't happen, and no so that that always stuck in my mind. And then when I saw Cam Four open up, I think it was 2010, uh, I gave it a try, and I was like, "Well, oh, that's interesting." And then I, about 2014, decided to do it for money, and and uh, and then it took off, and and uh, um, it's just a, such an amazing uh, way to connect with a bunch of other people. Uh, and what was interesting is Cam4 started without being a money thing. And then they slowly introduced tokens and the original Cam4 community was like, whoa, you're screwing it up by throwing money in. Now we'll have these, these people coming in, <laughs> wanted to get paid for stuff that we all want to do without. And so there was a bit of controversy, but once people said, no, you don't have to pay. You know, what a but, fascinating but, shift that is in particular. I hadn't even considered that there was a time that a platform like a cam platform like cam Four, existed solely just for people to share their video streams in full uncensored, however they wish to format. And then suddenly we introduced tokens and turned it into an option to make an income. Yeah. And you know, it, it's, it's a very similar, I look back at like, um, you know, the way uh, when, uh, porn came out on video and that revolutionized the whole uh, video uh, videotape uh, industry where films were now on videotape. Uh, but 
Um, a lot of that was driven by porn. Before that, you had to go to one of these really dark, sticky places. Oh, you yeah. wouldn't be caught dead in. And but now you could do it in your home. And so so many people got to explore their sexuality, what turns them on. And wow, I didn't know I was interested in this. And, and so with the whole start of Camp 4, it was the same sort of way as like, oh, hey, I'm interested in this kind of person. And oh, I thought I was interested. I fantasized about that. But once I interacted, it's like, meh, that's not me. And uh, otherwise, they would have had to go out and right. hook up with people that they may not have wanted to. And, Right. So. And, and, and most people wouldn't necessarily even get to that step, right? A lot of the times these desires and these curiosities just sit in our subconscious and we try to uh, suppress them as much as we can because it's too, it's too icky or foreign or strange or isolating to pursue them. So like I look at right. something like CAM4 and I go, oh my gosh, what a grand opportunity for people to get a taste of something that they're curious about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and so I've continued on that. And, you know, I, I, I've learned a little, so much about myself, my own sexuality. I, I sort of labeled myself as, um, as a typical straight guy, but, uh, uh, you know, with the openness of the community, I just learned about what I'm attracted to when I'm not. And uh, it shifted from, well, maybe it's 90, 10, maybe it's 70 and then, ultimately it doesn't really matter. And, you know, I, I often use the phrase, you know, it's uh, hearts, not parts. And, and uh, uh, I forgot where I heard that first from, but uh, you know, it's really true. I'm, I'm just because I'm labeled myself as bi, it doesn't mean that I want to jump into bed with every person. It just means that I'm not restricting to just this. And I'll, I'll, it's more about uh, the people I connect to what, what's exciting them and they're, they're as an individual. And these are the stories, these are the testimonials that I think are so fucking essential in today's day and age, because obviously there's a stigma, obviously there's a major misconception about what happens on these platforms and why people are driven to them, why people participate in them. It just, it's so easily to write it off as this is just a smut show. This is just for you to get your kicks. But I, I love what you're talking about, this idea that self-discovery was made because of this, uh, you know, life enhancement was made because of this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny because I, I um, you know, obviously a guy, uh, most of my, uh, you know, 70, 80% of my uh, uh, viewers are are men. Uh, I'd say the women definitely out tip the men as far as, <laughs> per person basis just saying uh so thank you for that um but but out of the guys that that come and and i'll tip i can't tell you how what it's a massive percent that when i have a private conversation with me and maybe maybe there's a weird kink about it but um there there's just so many that they just want to have a private conversation to say look and they always start out with look I'm straight. Mm -hmm. Get that, you know, clear. I'm straight, but I so want to suck your cock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, no worries, no judgment. I don't really care what you label yourself. What is you that? Know, what do you think that is? That that people have to come in and just to the, to clarify. Here's your disclaimer. Why do we do that? You know, I th there's so much pressure, especially on guys, to to like, you're either 
you're straight or you're one of the others. And uh, there's so much pressure on that, that they have to. And what's funny is they'll have these private conversations with me. And I'll say, dude, we could do this in the open chat. It's judgment free. In fact, I bet others have your same uh, concerns. And, mm-hmm. and some of them have and they're like, you know what, and and, and they'll often tell me things, which is, you know, super humbling. Uh, they'll tell me things like anonymously or privately that they've never told anybody about, you know, their thinking and their feelings. And it's like, oh, my God, if I can uh, be a sounding board that they can they'd say, oh, OK, that wasn't so hard telling him. I, maybe I'll tell my spouse or girlfriend or, or buddies or somebody else. And, you know, otherwise they just keep all that crap bottled in and uh, that doesn't do anybody any good. Right. And, but I want to, I want to ask you, how do you manage all of that information? And in many ways, the intensity of that information that people disclose to you, we're talking about the kinds of aha moments, revelations, confession styled uh, uh, discourse. I mean, all of it is very, it can be quite heavy. So how does that live in you at the end of a a day of of streaming and years and years of streaming, having people make these like confessions? Well, I, you know, I I don't really consider it a burden because I'm I'm honored uh, that they think enough of me that I'm going to keep their secret and that I'm not going to make anything of it. And then I don't have any judgment. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so for me, it's not a burden at all to hear it. Uh, and I'm happy to, and, and as long as I, I can walk away saying, look, I was fair and honest and I, I didn't, uh, take advantage of somebody, mm-hmm. um, then at the end of the day, I feel more energized from these conversations than, oh, I love that. you know, than, than a burden. That. So what's then would you have a statement on what the greater truth might be about human sexuality? I'm going there today. I'm going there. <laughs> is there something that has become very obvious and and uh, consistent in your understanding of human sexuality based on these kinds of private messages that you have with some of your viewers? You know, I, I, I keep telling uh, friends, I, I can't wait to see what, it, what things, you know, with the whole trans sort of uh, you know, it started with gay uh, and then trans, and it's it's this slow flower opening up, and it's like I want to jump ahead, um, you know, probably fifteen years, and see what you know. When do we get to that settling out point, or at least shaking off? Because I think a lot of this, for me, it's just it's too slow, and I get that everybody can't change everything. You know, it's like, who moved my cheese? It's like, I, I can't deal with this much change. It's just, I'll deal with this. Oh, okay, now we're late relabeling this. Oh, wait. Uh. So they can only deal with so much change, but I know you can just see the trajectory of where it's going. And part of that is, yeah, we don't have to have this binary concept. And you can be 100 or zero or whatever, uh, and that's fine. But it, I don't think it's going to be... Uh, you know, that, oh, 80% of people are straight. And that's that. It's like, yeah, all right, maybe it's 30 or 40% are absolutely 
straight one way or another. And then everybody else's degrees and who cares what the percentages are? Well, that's just um, it. We're so we're so obsessed with gathering the stats to understand what normal is. And it's like that alone has become this this group mentality fixation of how do we know what's normal? Well, let's get the stats for that. And it kind of limits the blossoming that you're talking about in a way. I, I feel like it can be a little contradictory to it because it's like fit everyone into these these places and let's find out what the majority is so that we can say that's normal. That's that's right. what we need to base everything against. So yep. for for that, that, please go ahead. I was gonna say the the uh the other two things that haven't really unfolded yet, uh which I think are coming next are are really the realization that what presses people's buttons, their kinks, if you will, mm. are pretty much hardwired. A lot of times it's hardwired at such an early age, they have no knowledge of what triggered it. Uh, but whatever it is, it's hardwired. And, you know, obviously, for some things, if somebody's got a kink that hurts or, or influences somebody else inappropriately, that's not cool. And that's not allowed. Uh, but for others, it's it's just some oddity and, and uh, much like being gay or trans or it's like they can't change it. And so I, I think at some point, uh, you know, maybe a while still, the, the general society will start to realize, oh, yeah, yeah, I, think, I guess we all know ourselves that we like, you know, smearing mayonnaise on our yeah. ourselves or we like you know, whatever it is. And <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, we can all laugh about it because there is a certain sense of, yeah, why would anybody choose that as a kink? Right. Like, uh, there's, I, I've talked about it a couple of times, but there was a guy, he paid me a lot of money uh, to jerk off onto a little blue toy uh, car. But <laughs> beforehand, well, it's not just that, it's he had to pick the exact blue shade of the car. And so I went to a bunch of different stores to pick just the, and it's like so that was wired into him somewhere and I, I lost track of him but i'd love to reconnect and say where do you think that came from because he was so driven and like no it has to be just this no that's too dark yeah. that's too light. and you know so i think that's one uh thing that that all that we'll start to recognize all right yeah people have it and i think that will open up just a lot of funniness like once people relax that oh it's hardwired then we can laugh about it mm. um and is it power other... to know that oh i'm so sorry i, can't, I get so yeah. excited everything you're saying <laughs> makes me want to go wait a second this philosopher let me in please finish no i was gonna so the other one i was just going to mention the, the two things that haven't unfolded yet is uh the other one is the taboo around age i'm not talking younger age obviously that's not right uh but but older so I often never tell uh, my age because people have, uh, even people that are performers, or they still have a real hang up about age. I'm in my 60s. And I'll say, oh, I'm in my 90s or something. And people, oh, you're not in your 90s. Ah. But on cam, nobody really knows. And if you don't bring up the age, they don't care. But as soon as I, they, they, like, there's been some people that have been obsessed with it. So I'll tell them in private. And then 
everything changes, the relationship changes, and then they like, I can't, I'm, I'm done, you know, you're awesome. But it's like, dude, <laughs> I didn't change. You're just triggering some phobia, some crap, some legacy stuff in your head that you got to shake off. Yeah. That's another thing that I, I think is going to change. But we're dealing with too many other changes, so you can't do everything at once. So there's a have to wait. With all of this considered, I know that there are so many individuals in this business that are strictly here, get some money, get in, get out. That's cool. Uh, yep. Just here to turn on the camera, have a good time, whatever. But for people that do reflect deeply on the work that they do and the impact that they make, uh, whether it's in one-on-one -on -one exchanges with their viewers or whether it's just an overall assessment that they say, where am I with this business? Is there a responsibility in moving positive and sex positivity forward is there a responsibility for cam performers in helping this message blossom as as fairly and as freely as it should that's a really big burden yeah i know <laughs> uh, you know I, I, i'd say no for the most part you know like for people that don't cam if you're just listening to this podcast i i, I almost wish i had this wish at one point that everybody I mean, I talked to a bunch of my friends to try it, but I wish everybody would try camming. Even if you don't show your face, just try it. Do it, you know, half a dozen uh, small sessions, even if it's like half an hour, you learn so much. Like, oh my God, yeah. because people are like so afraid about being naked in front of others. And once you do it three or four times, it's like, wow, I can have conversation and still be naked and it's not a big deal. And, and you learn so much about yourself and others. And, and so I wish more people did that uh, just to understand what camming is all about. But I, I, and there's just so much to it. If you're actually doing it for money, uh, you know, the average cam performers, the career life is literally two weeks. It might've gone up a few days, but literally two weeks because you have to learn how to market yourself. You need to learn, you know, the technology crap about lighting and, you know, the studio space and audio. You need to learn about software and, you know, using cam software. You need to learn about how to manage a chat room. You need to learn marketing. You know, you need to learn so much. And if you're just, you know, going from a job flipping burgers to, you know, it's like, yeah, no wonder it's only going to be two weeks. People decide this is a little bit more than I bargained for. But yeah. if you can get over that hump, learn enough, get enough of a base. It's it's one of the awesomest, coolest jobs there is. Um, it, it yeah, is there's a lot of stigma is. with it, but it is. It's just amazing. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I think that all of that is so valuable. And that is a message that I've touched on in this podcast a number of times and ways with so many wonderful guests about the reality that this is, you know, a, a major operation you're stepping into. Suddenly, everything is on you. And your success is really it's it's how you drive yourself forward and how much you can give to this. All of that is essential for success but you being who you are and having this legacy behind you i am so curious about the unique challenges for men in this business i i, 
I, I don't I don't know it, obviously. I, I only know the the woman's experience of it, but what would be some of those challenges that are unique to just men? Yeah, it's funny. We we talked about this briefly on uh yeah. in the last happy hour uh after show. Um and part of it is uh so two big things are um there's just a lot of if you're doing it for money, you'll quickly realize, oh, wait a minute there's a hundred other guys doing this for free. How can I charge? So that's, that's, <laughs> that's a crazy challenge. It's like, if you open up Starbucks or McDonald's, and then the rest of the block is full of restaurants giving away food for free, it's like, yeah, it's gonna be tough. Uh, but, um, you know, I think there's the, the thing is, those are all different people. And the best thing about webcamming in general, not just for guys, we're all individuals and we're live. And so the people that follow me, they may, may or may not be interested in others, but it's not like we're all selling the same thing. I'm selling my experience connecting to me. And, um, you know, so so there's the, the individuality of each performer, you know, you're not selling the same thing as everyone else. Um, so that's how you can differentiate from all the other guys. And, you know, obviously they're, they're amateurs. So if you can present yourself in a cool, fun, professional way, and you take care of all the other parts, then, you know, like the marketing and blah, 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 then you can make it work. Uh, the other challenges, you know, that we talked about is, uh, is just the number of shots, the number of bullets in the gun, you know, <laughs> the amount of inventory, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, that, that there's only so many cum shots you can do. Uh, and my record is five in a show. And I didn't think I could walk after the day after. <laughs> I'm sorry. How long was this stream? Uh, it was a couple hours, but um, it's just, I, I felt like I was rubber after. And, and, no but the thing is, and this is the other thing you learn is it's not all just about the cum shot. That is like, that's like this tiny moment and so just like sex it's not just about the cum it it's everything before and a little bit after but that whole process of whether it's edging i know there's a couple of guys that have been on here that have talked about edging and and that's such a fascinating thing one of the things i love doing is just really channeling the excitement enthusiasm of the viewers and you know that to me becomes almost more intoxicating than you know than actually coming uh when they get excited and i'm turned on because they're excited and, and you know yada yada um but uh certainly the number of shots you can do is is a is a thing i um i will say and as it did on the, um, the show that the um on the positive side <laughs> i obviously talked to a lot of uh uh female performers and I'm stunned at what they have to go through as far as trolls. I'll go, I think maybe a month, certainly three or four weeks uh, of not having a single troll. I might get a spammer here and there, but nobody coming in just to press my buttons. And of course now they'll come in, uh, but- Yeah, I know, right. I, I, and I don't know if that, I've talked to a few other guys and they're like, well, trolls, what do you mean? And I have to explain it. And they're like, I, I'm not getting it. And then I'll talk to some of my uh, uh, female friends that that are, you know, 
uh, have a bigger audience and they'll talk to working themselves up before they go on you know on cam because they know it's like oh this i gotta guard my loins I, i've gotta you know mm -hmm. get ready for this and it's like it sounds like you're gonna do battle and it's like well some of these trolls are just outrageous and it's like what are you mm -hmm. talking about <laughs> i know I, so that's a very key divider in the experience i can i can agree with what you're saying there based on my experience that it is a very it's a regular thing to have a troll pop in it's a regular thing yeah, uh, yeah. so i may not have been around if uh if i had to deal with <laughs> all, we, all that you have to deal with yeah can we can we talk a little bit about the challenge that may exist for male broadcasters in appealing to a demographic or a people that are not their sexual preference i mean you've said it's the heart not the parts so I would imagine for you, hey, this is this is a joy nonstop for people that might say, hey, I'm a straight dude and I'm broadcasting and all I'm getting is these guys making demands of me and trying to and I'm having a hard time with it. What does an individual do in that situation? Uh, well, that's sort of where I started to learn how to how to really channel, uh, because, you know, when someone comes on and they find you super attractive, you're just their type. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have, you know, they have to be your type. Mm. Uh, so just like syncing up and channeling, as I said, their excitement about that you're their object of desire and just focusing on that. It's like, even if, you know, the other person was your perfect idol, them saying all the same things, you can start to learn to, to, um, appreciate that and get turned on mm. um what's weird is <laughs> if there's so there's there'll be people in my room that their tops and bottoms and the bottoms want me to be their top and the tops <laughs> want to be you know and and it's like they almost can't hear themselves or their each other <laughs> and so i'll literally have three conversations going on and it's like can you guys see what i'm typing because <laughs> it's like, somebody want me to bend over and somebody else will want to be bend over for me. And, and it's just, it's bizarre. Uh, but part of that is just like, if you can really tap into what's exciting them for one, it'll deepen the conversation, but the other, it does start to get uh, arousing that it's like, Oh, you really like this part. You look like when I do this and, and uh, that's really fun to, to connect to. Oh, I love it. I, I love that you mentioned about switching for your viewers in live time and how wild a concept that could be. But, you know, we are incredible individuals who jump on cam and some of the talents include exactly that. Some of the abilities, the skill sets, being able to flip through you know, the desires of others that seamlessly. Some, of course it's challenging. It might not be flawless every time, but my goodness, this is serious shit we deal with. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you know, life is short and, and uh, not to get all uh, uh, off on that tangent, but it, it, there's just so much to, if you just relax a little bit, it's like, you don't have to, you know, you, you can try a certain food, doesn't mean, uh, um, it has to be in every meal after that, but you could try it out. And if you don't like it, great. Now, you know, something you don't want to do, check it off your list. Mm. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that 
block themselves off from listening or, uh, to certain people or trying certain things because it's like, nope, nope, I can't do that. It's like, well, just relax, give it a try. And you, you might learn something. You may not want to do it, but um, I think everybody has foods that they're like, wow, that's pretty wild. I don't want to eat it every day for breakfast, but I'll have it once in a while because that's, that's crazy fun. Busy man, we've just to, to end it here, you've taken us from the beginning of live video streaming through to your beginning in it all the way to where we are now. Do you have a prediction for where this industry is going, say the next five, 10 years, tech advancements, business strategy changes? What are we, what are we forecasting? Uh, you know, I think the, certainly the technology is gonna get better, uh, you know, higher resolution. There's ultimately a limit there. Uh, I keep testing out VR. I don't, I think that's going to be, a. I think, uh, augmented reality where uh, people wear glasses and they, you know, you can see everything around you, but then there's this person, maybe a stripper, whatever, one of us uh, in your space. I think that could potentially take off. Um, uh, and certainly interactive toys. Um, Love Ends has a bunch of uh, interesting stuff and they're sort of pushing the edge of interactivity, especially with, uh, you know, fuck machine stuff and whatnot. Um, I think, uh, a lot of performers, we see this on happy hour connecting up, uh, different performers to compare contrast, to do different things together. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think that that's just barely starting. Um, you know, just because the technology and stuff of how do we, do we have to be in the same place? How do we, you know, put two cameras on at the same time? It's clunky now. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that in the next year or two, will start to get easier and easier. I think that's going to be a much, uh, much more interesting thing. Because if you watch TV or movies, you know, very few have just one person in them. Most of them, it doesn't have to be a whole theater experience. But I think having two or three uh, performers to mix and match and do different things together, even if they're in remote cities, um, I think that's going to uh, be a big trend in, in over the next two or three years. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be a part of it. And I all of those sound good to me. Let's just have it. Let's just keep it coming. Let's keep it coming. Busy man for Fast everyone forward. watching, everyone watching and listening, just falling in love with you and your amazing voice. How can they keep up to date? Where can they follow you online? And where can they learn about your shows? Let's do it. Well, certainly uh, busy man TM uh, originally stood for trademark, but I like to say it's too much. Uh, so busy man TM and just go to camp for busy man TM. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, bunch of places. Um, I did a Google the other day and it was like 180,000 links and it's like, Oh, good grief. Um, uh, but just go to camp for busy man TM and yeah, I've got a bunch of videos and pictures and <laughs> links there and you can have fun and, and certainly reach out to me on Twitter such a philosopher thank you for today this was wonderful and i i know everyone listening enjoyed and please remember folks to like favorite subscribe to this channel this was once again licked and loaded a cam4 podcast i'm laura desiree and we'll see you next time <laughs> Bye. keep wanting to hit the cheer button <laughs>
This has been a CAM4 Radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com.